conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now, back to the episode. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good morning, you two. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Um, exciting day. Today is episode ninety nine. I know it's big. Ninety nine. Ninety nine episodes. Ninety nine episodes that people had to listen to our voices nonstop for thirty minutes. Get to listen to our voices. I must say it has improved incrementally. Yeah. So. Those listening today that didn't listen to episode one, uh, it is it is better than it was. Don't go back and listen to it, please. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go listen. No, it was funny because like I got that Facebook memory. It was like episode three, and it was like all of our cameras were super dark. No one had like good audio. We're all like on air. I, I had good audio because I had a good mic, but uh, you know, it was like a whole. Yeah, it was funny, and we had it was just so casual, but love it. Love the progress. Um, so, uh, a lot of news coming out this last week. Um, we have a lot to cover, and I'm sure we're going to go down a ton of rabbit holes. But uh, anything you guys want to highlight before we uh, jump into the latest and greatest STR, hotel, travel, hospitality news, all the above? I don't believe so. We got a lot to cover, so hopefully we can get through it all in the typical 30-minute window. But well, uh, I forgot. I was going to ask you guys, what was your favorite episodes this last year out of the 99? That was like my one thing that we talked about before this. Um, out of the 99 episodes, what have, you, have been your top two since what we all kind of talked about too? Uh, Michael looks like he's ready to rock, so go ahead. Yeah, I think there's two very different style episodes that we did. One at Verma in San Antonio. You and I set up in the hallway, Will, yeah, and grabbed... <laughs> virtually everybody that walked by and had them tell us some news about what their, their company's doing and some interesting things that have come out lately. That was a really fun format. And then in terms of favorite guests, we've, we've had a lot of really, really good ones. 
but one was so unique and so fascinating to me. Mike Baxter from the, the House of Gods in Scotland yeah. uh, was a great episode. And I could probably have him back on every week and, <laughs> and learn from him. So Michael just replace, replaces me and Brandy. <laughs> yes, with I have myself Baxter. out. Another Michael. <laughs> great. <laughs> back, back to square one, right uh-huh. where it all began. Now, those are very good episodes. I, I agree. I like those. Brandy, how about you? You haven't been with us very long, but you've been kind of indoctrinated into the whole GMH uh, culture and show and all the BS behind the scenes. So go for it. Sure. So I also love the House of Gods episode. I went on like a real rabbit hole after that. Um, so he, he seemed, I just kind of want to hang out with him. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's a blast. Uh, yeah. yeah. We had some uh, but with him in Scotland. My two favorites uh, so far were the, um, the VRMA Las Vegas episode, really just because being in person together, you can, I think, you know, the energy is just different. And even though Michael wasn't there, it was great to actually meet Jamie for the first time in person, which was bizarre because I didn't I didn't realize that we actually hadn't met before. Uh, So that was great. And then we had a two parter of, um, you know, is this practical? And I think that that always makes sense because there's a lot of things that like think you on paper in theory, you're like, that makes total sense. And it's really great to dissect. Like, does it actually work in the real world? Yeah, no, I I agree. And it was so funny in Vegas when you and Jamie were like talking and then like all of a sudden, like 10 minutes in the conversation, is this the first time we've actually met? (laughs) I was was like, Oh, this is great. I love it. I love it when that happens. Um, No, that was a good time. That was a really good time. Um, For me, I would say the Ryan Bailey episode, that was just fun to do like a breaking news story, kind of like last minute, very last minute, like the day before getting a message saying, Hey, you know, we need this news covered and we'd love to have your show do it Um, to then also the, um, big brands, little brands and no brands. I like the conversation we go into because like Sexton has a lot to input into story. does a lot to put input into it. Um, and of course, coming from like Marriott originally in my experience was just like a fun conversation. I think it's a, uh, it opens up the door to a lot of other topics. So those, those are my two highlights this last year so far next week. Uh, we do for all of our listeners, before we jump into the episode, we do, have jeff who was one of the who is the co-founder or sorry oh my gosh who is the founder of host gpo wow coffee is not kicking in this morning um founder of host gpo he's coming on the show not only to talk to us about what's going on with their business but then also we're doing and wrapping up our giveaway we launched it uh last week officially on instagram so uh, for all of you listeners and watchers we are giving away this amazing espresso coffee box uh get like get up basically um the basics for your short-term rental so uh excited about that all right now let's jump in we have a lot to cover so i'm going to share my screen and we're going to move over so who wants to cover this one i'm i'm curious on uh i've never heard of this brand so i'll take it go for it um so les collectionnistes uh if my french accent is good uh plays in the the high-end luxury hospitality segment so it is a a booking site they do have um added layers of service on top of it but they they take some of the biggest and best properties all around the world if you think back uh airbnb purchased luxury retreats similar concept uh but 60 million is a big bag right now um it goes to show there's a lot of confidence 
regardless of the economy, but a lot of confidence in the luxury segment. So congrats to uh, Max and team over there. Awesome. Now let's move over to Alto Vita. Um, I had the pleasure of getting to chat with one of the co-founders of Alto Vita not too long ago before their Alto Awards. Um, really cool business model, really cool team. Um, and I don't remember if we fully talked about funding, but I know that they pretty much were all self-funded until recent. Um, so that's pretty cool to see like the, you know, the startup hustle grind, getting to like building out a platform first, building out the business and then going to get funding. Um, so I just, uh, really liked that part of the story. Um, yeah, there there used to be a number of corporate housing platforms, but they've all kind of gone away. Um, so they're coming in and filling in a gap that y- used to exist in a great way. Um, you know, as Airbnb goes more towards their single host focus, it's less usable for corporate accommodation. So it makes sense. Uh, congrats to Vivian Carolina. Mm-hmm. Brandy, do you guys do a, a lot with corporate? Like we, yeah, we're trying to. That's actually one segment that we're building out more now in New Orleans. We have a lot because of the convention center is really close to a lot of our buildings, so we get a lot of like that travel. Um, and Miami, yeah, we'll get a good mix, especially in our um, our Brickle buildings. That's you know that's probably yeah. our biggest one. Brickle makes sense. Brickle makes sense for sure. All right. Oops. I hit the wrong button. Sorry, We're guys. Back. Sorry, guys. I messed up. All right. We're going to go back to Resort Pass. Here we go. All right. Sorry for our technical errors. All right. Resort Pass raises $26 million whopping dollars. Um, you guys were talking pre-show kind of about Resort Pass and seeing them before. So I'll let you guys take take it away with your thoughts and comments. Yeah, I am. It's interesting. We I had heard of them a couple years ago. They were really trying to expand. Um, I think you know around in Miami, and I think the concept is great. You can, and especially for hotels, you can kind of sell these like empty slots in your pool area, your spa services, that kind of thing. And yeah. we were also thinking it's great for guests. You know, if you if we can't give you a late checkout if you're kind of far from our office and we don't have a spot that's really convenient for you to put your bag. This is a great option where you can go and spend a couple of hours before your flight um, or, you know, a couple hours before check-in, you know, whichever end of your trip. So I think that's great. Um, 26 million is quite a, quite a lot. So I think that that's great for them. Um, And yeah, I'll be I'll be curious to see how it goes. I'd love I'd love to see some sort of partnership opportunities, maybe for Sextant. Um, mm. So have to maybe hit them up after this. Don't <laughs> say any resort pass people watching right now. Sextant's hungry and looking for <laughs> looking for a partnership. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, I, was yeah. say, I didn't know if it was a Series A or B, but it says right there. So it's good. a couple thoughts on that. I think twenty six million is a lot. Um, very curious what the TAM is on resort passes. Um, especially if they don't even have a program yet to partner with companies like Sextant that are in very resorty types of places like South Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there aren't resorts in every destination market, but when you've got short-term rentals that lack some of the resort amenities, a spa, a 
pool with service or gyms, things like that, then, uh, you know, if you're in the close vicinity of some of these properties, it's a, it's a great value add for the traveler, for the hotel to squeeze some extra cash flow. Um, and for the property management company on the short-term rental side to offer a little bit more than just the house. And um, also, I mean, in Miami, it's great. Like it's nice sometimes if I have friends from out of town or even if just doing like a kind of like weekend activity, being able to go and buy a, the day pass. Mm -hmm. Some places have day passes, but they're, you know, $300. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't know what their pricing will be like, but it'd be nice, you know, even as a local, just going to do something like fun and relaxing for the weekend. That's yeah, it's an point. interesting take. Um, I think, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm very curious to Tam on this, uh, but the concept is great. And I think they definitely need to take a look at partnering with short-term rental providers. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny because like, I think it was a Shark Tank episode or there's some other kind of like pitch investment show. I don't remember Shark Tank or if it was something else. Uh, but I think it was like, hotels by day or dayhotels.com or something like that where a, a company was pretty much just trying to sell um, day passes for hotel rooms and it was again one of those things that great in theory right like if they're not being used then awesome like might as well make some extra revenue but the it just never n ended up becoming something that was profitable or even it was a money sucker for the, the hotel rather than a, a maker um, because then you have to clean the room twice basically if you're like sold out um and so I think that concept was great in theory, not practical. This one sounds like it's great in theory and practical because like Brandy said, I think the local aspect, like what a great way to get the, like during slow seasons, any type of gap, um, you can always make some extra revenue there. But then um, it does sound like even if it is busy, anyone could use it and I, go for it. I wonder the downstream effects of this though. If you're the Ritz or any, you know, super luxury exclusive property, maybe they're not the ones that are adding resort pass because mm -hmm. the guests don't want just Joe Blow off the street to, to mm -hmm. post up next to them all day. Um, yeah. They like the privacy and the closed off uh, from the rest of the world. So, yeah, I mean, I think, it's probably a specific market. It's not uh -huh. going to be your super high-end properties, um, but we'll see. I don't know that much about them, admittedly. Brandy, let us know what, what happens when you hit them up, all right? Yeah, I'll do a test <laughs> run. <laughs> Secret shopper. I love yeah. it. I love it. All right, off to the next one. We got Yukio, a premium apartment rental platform for Europe's flexible workforce, raises $28 million. Go ahead uh, and hit the next one or two as well. If you will, 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 if you will, will Peruvian startup. And then we have our last two after this. Okay. So. so we've seen a lot of funding for operators outside of the U S we've covered it almost every week for the past month or two. Um, and it's a great sign. It's a great trend. It's, it's a bit curious how there's not many, American companies being so deeply funded, but it's all seemingly international. Uh, but if you double click into that a little bit, it does make sense somewhat. These are untapped markets. The TAM in Europe, for example, is 
bigger than the TAM in the US. And if companies in the US have gone public like Sonder, uh, you know, the stock price may not be reflective of a great uh, successful IPO, but they they made it, they've got a, a track record, it's proven this is how you can grow and scale. And when you can enter a market in Peru and be the only operator there, or you can kind of roll up a group of European cities or countries, um, there's there's benefit there. And if you can get in in the first round, there's a lot more upside, uh, more value that you can equate to uh, to the company than if you invested in you know a Series C company in the U.S. So it does make sense uh, why you know travel is back. The the whole COVID thing seems to be over, although it sounds like LA is contemplating some some uh, things. They're on their their own own little world over there. Yeah. So hopefully we don't take five steps backwards, but uh, travel is recovering. And and so the investment, the the thaw that we saw for a while of of not too many companies being invested in and and VC is sitting on a bunch of cash. Looks like the checkbooks are flowing now. Uh, They were probably flowing then and now people are just announcing. But uh, here we are. It's congrats to the rest of the world. This is great. Yeah, I love seeing an operator in Peru getting this kind of funding because mm-hmm. I know Peru w- was hit really hard. Um, and obviously, tourism is such a big you know, component of their economy. So I think it's, it's nice to see kind of uh, the funds being spread out and some, some new markets getting that attention. Why do you guys, well, I know Michael kind of touched on it, but maybe I want uh, your input as well, Brandy. Like, why do you think we're seeing more of a global investment kind of announcement rather than a lot of us ones do you think we're just again it's just waiting on announcements like the money's flowing now but we're just not seeing it yeah um i kind of agree with michael that like the really maybe more of the opportunities are you know are kind of outside the us right now um and if we have all these companies that in the states that are maybe a little bit more mature you're going for later rounds it's a much bigger check usually takes a little bit longer you know to get all of that sorted. You might have layers to your round. So I think we might see some more announcements later on, but I agree with Michael. It's, I think you just have kind of more opportunities outside the States right now. Yeah. And and I haven't done my diligence on who the investors of all these different companies are, but if they've invested in the space at all, they have some learnings, um, successes or failures. Maybe they invested in Domeo and realized how not to light $100 million on fire. Um, <laughs> well well done, Team Domeo. Um, <laughs> but maybe they invested in Sonder and realized like this model's great, but maybe we don't invest quite as much money in furnishings or quite as much money in headcounts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the model works, but you know, fill in the blank. And if you can take those learnings to a company that has a good footprint and can dominate and be the market player there, you could be teed up for say Sonder wanting to expand in Peru and they just buy the biggest operator instead. So um, it's not always an IPO route. You can build to sell as well. So hopefully some of their investors have some experience in the space and can take past learnings. Um, The good news about this model is it's now existed for quite a while. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's not, you know, first to market. Yeah. Um, 
and it's always a better spot to be able to copy successful companies than to try and invent your own. Yeah. Um, do you, I don't know if you saw, I highlighted the resort pass. One of the investors was uh, Brian Kelly, the points guy. Like that's kind of funny. I thought that was, but that goes, that makes a lot of sense to me. Total sense. Yeah. <laughs> but also like, dang, like just shows like a media influencer who just started this thing by like a blog. Right. I think that's what it started off with was uh, he was just blogging about how to pretty much get free flights and free hotels using your credit cards. Now it's like he's investing in companies and it's pretty cool. Yeah, if you can use evolution. points for a day pass, I, I'd be more inclined to do that than actually pay for one personally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love points. All right. Um, to the next one, this was our kind of our one of our main ones for the day. Um, and I'll bring us back here. We see that Wander raises another round. Um, 100 it's a hundred debt facility. You know, still, whatever. Round debt. They raise some money. And scroll so. down, see who it's from. It's from a, a massive bank. So they're they're taking capital now um, that is meant to be deployed to, to purchase properties, which is mm-hmm. Propco, Opco model, um, mm-hmm. which I love. I'm a big fan. I think you know you can absolutely control your own destiny if you have these takedown funds that you can go acquire hard assets. And then you own it, you manage it, you control every aspect of it. Um, you know, it, we'll get to a very, very, very different model next. Uh, but without jumping ahead, owning and squeezing as much uh, ROI, NOI, cap rate out of every property is a win-win for the prop. Prop co-investor and the op co-investor. So both sides can win. Um, congrats to Wanda. I love the model. Avon Stay has done something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was somewhere in the ballpark of, it was definitely 100 million plus uh, in their fund as well. But it's, it is the future, right? People want to stay in homes that are more like hotels than, you know, someone's actual home and especially on the higher end to the luxury side. So mm-hmm. big fan of what Wander's doing. Same. And Credit right, Swiss right. was the the bank, Will. I, I saw you scrolling for it. But... Uh, I, I was, I highlighted it. It's right there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. I was just reading the rest of the article. Go ahead, Brandy. Yeah. I mean, I just love the houses also when I, yeah. I've been flipping <laughs> through, they have some pretty nice places. Yeah. I, and, uh, wouldn't mind doing a live episode from there. Yeah. No, no we deal. have quite the list of places that we're going to go visit and do some live episodes from. <laughs> yeah. To our uh, future potential sponsors, just know this is what the Delta uh, <laughs> answer our calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think a point you made kind of leads nicely into the next article about mm-hmm. like people wanting to stay in homes that are, you know, really professionally operated, especially on the luxury end. And I think that, yeah, our next article, I think we can kind of go deeper yeah. into into that. Um, well, okay. So the the nice thing about Wander, I like their model because it's like standardized homes. So you're like I think Michael just said it earlier. You're not taking somebody's current residence or a secondary vacation home and trying to make it somewhat non personal and turning it into a vacation rental. Um, now Airbnb. Uh, 
I don't know. I like the idea because I know one of the companies that they're going to be using for this program, um, Central, um, which I think is based out here in Denver. One of their um, buildings is right next to like a couple of blocks away from where I live. So I, I see the building. It's active. It's it's no. I don't see any like sketchy guests going in and out of the building. Like it seems like a really good market fit for its location and for their uh, desired traveler. But um, my immediate thoughts or the immediate like thing that came to my mind when seeing Airbnb launch this, uh, I think it was last week, um, was that it's neato all over again. And I don't like that. <laughs> so I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts, especially Brandy, like you guys have these apartment buildings. And so seeing that they're going to like have individual hosts run it most likely again is kind of, yeah, I, my, I mean, obviously I'm, I guess a little biased because our model is you take an entire building and that way I just, anytime you have a sort of combination between short-term and long-term tenants, I just think it's a recipe for disaster. And so, you know, let's say the apartment building has 400 units. How many people are actually going to be using that program? And I think one way that this would be less, sketchy or I mean scary from my perspective would be like okay you, the building runs the program if you want to open up some dates you tell the building they organize the clean they maybe take a little bit of the percentage and then mm -hmm. I think that's just way more organized that does not seem to be the way that this is going to go and so if you have 400 different hosts and they all have their own like check-in instructions or like procedures and yeah. you're having all the cleaners. I mean, I just, different maybe they're not getting, fees. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you could be, Will could have a $50 cleaning fee. Michael has eighties and I have one fifty, and it's all the same unit. I mean, yeah. so I, you know, I love the idea of people being able to cover some expenses and subsidize their cost of living. Mm -hmm. I just, again, this is like good in theory, but is it practical? So I think it's the theme of the year. We're going to yeah. call that the theme of the year. Yeah. I've got, I've got a lot of mixed feelings on these. Like I loved the Nito model. They, in, the amount of revenue they were pushing back towards the property owner was insane. It was mm -hmm. really, really good. Um, I think the challenge is making sure everyone in the building knows what they've signed up for living there. Mm -hmm. And what I haven't seen, and yes, call me biased, I worked at Noiseware for four years, was these companies, especially Airbnb, requiring you know, Noiseware to be in all these apartments so they don't disturb the community. You know, pricing, cleaning, like how is all of this run? And if it's, that's where I think something like RealPage's product, Migo, makes more sense. They can kind of layer in more help than probably what Airbnb is offering the residents, um, scheduling, cleaning, uh, messaging guests, talking to them, being connected with the guest, uh, some layers of standardization, but it's quite the polar opposite from the announcement we made two weeks ago, which is apartments by Marriott. Like, mm -hmm take your pick as a traveler. Would, would you rather go to uh, apartments by Marriott or a, a, an apartment community? And I think that boils down to price point. I would assume Marriott's going to be significantly more expensive than 
yeah. uh, you know, somebody's apartments in whatever city. I think they 150 plus properties uh, that Airbnb rolled out to. Um, but I, I do like the ability for residents to list their property and make some money. Like that's an attractive amenity as, as a resident. It could be, you just rent out one time a year, but that one time is the Super Bowl and you can make two grand. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's great. Maybe you only rent out one time a year. Um, or maybe you're a traveling nurse or a pilot or a flight attendant or whatever. And you just a consultant and you're on the road a lot and you can keep your place looking like a hotel, mm-hmm. like almost no personal goods. Um, that's, that's great too. I think the line is like when it becomes too much of your own house, your own apartment and, and others staying there. So mm-hmm. as a guest, the first two are great and the last one's a, a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I also think, you know, you have, let's say one building, a lot of hosts are starting to host. People are going to start leaving Google reviews and things like that on the building. Mm-hmm. And so you could be like, you know, you have just a, an inconsistent experience. So I'd be curious just to see over time, like what the customer response is, because we even, I mean, as an operator, we have some buildings where like so many people are like five stars. We love this place, blah, blah, blah. And then we get people who like for the same reasons, hate it, <laughs> like you know, and, yeah. and we're the, and we're the same operator. So it'll be curious to see what the customer experience over time is when everybody is having these different interactions with the same building. Yeah. yeah. I think it targets. Go ahead. I, I think it's probably the coolest amenity an apartment complex could have. Um, but it doesn't come without its challenges for sure. Yeah. I think it comes like for me, it's not going to be the renter that I would say is in their forties plus that, you know, has a family, you know, all this other stuff. It's really for the younger like renter that is not materialistic and is very experiential. Like we're seeing that like, right. With millennials and Gen Z, everyone's all about experiences and wanting to, to, to focus on that rather than, you know, having all these nice things. So having a nice apartment like that, I think that's attractive to them because then they can depersonalize it. They can make it more standard to fit like the building's kind of code of operation or code of standard for decoration and check-in and stuff like that. And then just be kind of a little bit more removed from it emotionally. It's not like my home where a lot of owners, when they invest into a secondary, third or fourth home or whatever, they're all like emotionally tied. Like, oh my gosh, like this is where me and my kids like go for every two weeks or not every two weeks go for two weeks of the summer or whatever. Um, and they have like these emotional like connections to it. Um, now you're going to have like a renter who's like, I don't own the asset, but I can make some money and I can use that for travel. I can use that for going out with friends. I could use that for paying off debt, rent, whatever. Like it doesn't matter. Um, so I think that I think it'd be interesting to see because Airbnb hasn't been known to set expectation or, like kind of a standard or operational procedure. So I would love to see like example central, like they do have standards. They do have um, central is a little bit different than, you know, Airbnb just dropping in on a a multifamily building though. So yeah, um, that's hopefully they're going for companies like that, right? Like you're hoping that they find the companies like Sexton or central or whatever that do have standards that do have that. And then can hopefully bring that into the tenant world. But again, it's all great in theory. It sounds 
like a, a fun, easy thing for them to do, but you know, how well, often? we then become competitors, right. Yeah. With this. And so, yeah, like bring us in for, to consult and just take all, you know, like a brain drain. And then, you know, now you have, yeah, some competition. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I I'm, I'd like to make a prediction or two or, or guess on where this ends up going. So Michael, you got to wait, a, you got to save the predictions for our yeah, HS different, influence. Different. <laughs> I've got a much better prediction for that one. Yeah. Um, so Will is referencing a influencer prediction show we're going to be doing soon. So everyone who's here, we'll, this, un- it's a sneak we'll announce it, we'll next, announce week, it next but, week. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> just putting it out there. Yeah. Just putting it out there. Keep, keep yeah. an eye out. Um, my guess is that that this Airbnb multifamily thing is going to stick around. I think it will become more concentrated on fewer buildings. So let's say there's, call it 200 buildings today. Mm-hmm. Um, I would guess that 5% of, of residents are turning on um the ability to to rent out their place and in a year or two we might be down to 125 buildings but 10 percent or 15 percent of residents i think it'll kind of natural selection of people opting in or out of that activity of where they live as well so yeah i think people will start to be like oh you know if i'm moving i hear this building allows me to do this i think there's going to be a friction with people that already live in the buildings now that they're turning this on so uh, yeah i think you're i think you're spot on there yeah yeah i'm just waiting for my apartment building to tell me that they're ready to turn it on because i'm i'm never in my unit when i'm traveling for a year so that'd be a nice way to to pay off some bills but awesome well, only yeah. two minutes over today. That was a lot of <laughs> topics to discuss. Yeah, a lot of, lot of activity. Um, yeah, sweet. So before we close off, just again, next week, Jeff from Host GPO is joining us. We're announcing the winner of the Coffee Box giveaway. That's going to be our 100th episode. So what, what? I don't, I'm sad. I'm, am I on next week or is that Jamie? If I'm, if it's no, Jamie. It's just, it's just Jeff. So I was going to say, do you want to join us next week? You're more than welcome to. We have you on the 100th. So come on, let's get pop it. Pop in and say hi. Yeah, let's get She's it. Have you, have you pop in like Jamie did that one time when he was in his car? He's like, <laughs> oh, I'm tuning in live. Um, yeah, so 100th episode, big deal. Super excited. We'll probably share some more like stuff coming up for the show in 2023. I know we'll take a couple breaks during Christmas. Um, so just keep your eyes peeled. And for anyone watching, listening, uh, make sure you enter into the coffee box giveaway just so that way um, next week when we do announce the winner, you'll find out if you get this awesome brand new Nespresso machine. So um, really excited. Good episode today. For all of you live viewers, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for commenting. Hello, Michael Ross, for uh, tuning back into the show. Mr. Hey, buddy. Uh, yeah. He's like, I miss you guys. Um So yeah, it's really good and we'll see you all again next week.